Welcome to Love This Bitch, the podcast that teaches you how to love your life and accomplish your goals through self-compassion and self-coaching. Now here's your host, MBA and Master Certified Professional Life Coach, Lisa Oglesby. Hello, my loves. Welcome to another episode of Love This Bitch. So happy that you decided to listen today, wherever you are and whatever you have going on. I, myself, have been out in the yard. I know I've mentioned that several times um, over the last few episodes, last few weeks, and that's because that's what I've been doing with my weekends. I can even see the the bushes and the weeds when I close my eyes. <laughs> but I've been enjoying it, and I mention it again because it, it kind of ties in to what I'm going to talk about today. It is a good form of meditation for me. It's active um, and gets me moving and out. And also, unlike a chore, you know, or like actual gardening and trying to grow something, which my ADHD brain would not really be in favor of, it, it's very mechanical and allows my thoughts to come and go, you know, allows me to observe my thoughts. And it's very meditative for me. And I had heard that, that other people, you know, with ADHD like to use gardening. It's it's a great example of how, you know, a lot of people think that mindfulness practice or even meditation specifically, it looks a certain way, like laying on the floor in Shavasana or sitting on your cushion and, and meditating with your hands in the finger pose and doesn't have to look like that. You can find, you know, what works for you. And I also do that kind of meditation and I enjoy it, but I also like working in the yard and, and chopping things with with the clippers. So this is also another example of something else I, I learned recently that is not necessarily specific to ADHD, but a lot of people with it have it. And it's called circumlocution. And that's where you talk all around a subject before you get to it. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, wow, I do that on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you to those who listen and who listen through the circles that I talk in. I'm aware of it, which now I can work on it, right? I have awareness, acceptance, and now we can have change. But that is also part of part of how I talk. So I can make some notes and work that out for you a bit. But then it's also kind of the fun and quirk of me. So bringing all that around, you know, the show we talk about mostly how to apply self-compassion, to specific situations and thought work. And I I have talked a lot about mindfulness aspects of thought work, you know, how you have to process your emotions first and accepting your emotions and your thoughts as well is the first step before you can make any change. And also that the resistance to your own thoughts and feelings is what's causing all the pain, the sadness, the anxiety, the frustration in your life. So all that is, you know, mindfulness practices and teachings. But, you know, the focus that I've learned in in coaching, and it's what has worked for me so far, but I'm really excited to enhance it. I mentioned that before, has been, you know, more on just the thought work part. And so I've been learning more about the mindfulness element and how to work those two together. So I thought, it would be important to have an episode and kind of talk a little bit about each one and and how they complement each other. So 
mindfulness, and again, that's what a lot of people think of as, as meditation, although there are other ways to practice it. That's just a really great way and one of the main ways. It's about, you know, practicing being present and aware in the moment. The, the thought work that we do is on all those thoughts in our head that are negative and negative mindsets and causing us pain, you know, and the truth is that we have so much coming at us these days, so many things coming into our brains and our brains filtering them and trying to make sense of them, so much stimulation going on that we tend to live in our minds. So, you know, thinking and planning and being able to use our brains to make sense of the world, it's a great thing. No one is arguing that that's not good, but we have a tendency to live then in those stories and in the meanings that we give things instead of experiencing the moment. And it takes us away from our lives and from enjoying our lives. And then when we get into the negative mindsets, it brings, you know, that negative cloud, that sadness or that anxiety or pain to a situation. And we forget that that's our story. That's our interpretation. And we can change that. So it is definitely a good thing. But we also want to practice just being present in the moment and, you know, feeling how we feel, seeing the world around us, like actually seeing it. Not one of those times where you're off to work or some other place you've been hundreds of times and you're like, oh, wait, how did I get here? <laughs> right? That's, I, have, have, I know that's happened to other people because I've, I've heard other meditation speaker, speakers talk about it. So I know I'm not the only one. Um, but it's scary, right? You're like, oh, I'm at the office. How did I get here? I don't remember. But, you know, our brains kind of do a lot of things on autopilot and, and we can check out and live in our minds instead of actually living and experiencing our life. So that's why, you know, I had the episodes about living in the past. And then we talked about uncertainty and how our mind can project us into the future. And then, of course, in the present, sometimes we get tied up in those anxious thoughts about that moment. You know, how am I performing? How are people taking me? You know, am I coming across well? Am I being successful? Am I being heard? All the stuff that we can get to in the moment. And all of that just it takes us out of the moment and keeps us from enjoying it. So, you know, while thought work is great for underlying issues of negative mindsets so that you don't have to, to struggle with those, to check out into those, mindfulness can help you when those mindsets become programmed into your primitive brain, which we kind of talked about before, and also, you know, help you stay present with the moment instead of running off into negative narratives or any narratives, right? And just being present. Every moment does not need analysis, believe it or not. <laughs> As someone with anxiety, OCD, and ADHD, I, I do, unless I get distracted, I do tend to think every moment needs to be picked apart and analyzed. Um, but that's not true. Sometimes it just needs to be lived. Most of the time, it just needs to be lived. So I kind of like to think of mindfulness is, is kind of, it's like the hardware that you're running on your computer, you know, the RAM or memory, whatever you need to make it work. It's your background, important stuff. And then thought work is where you come in and you're like, oh, wait, I've got 10 programs running. This one's got bugs. I don't 
even use this one? Why is it running? Or I'm using this one, but it's not the best for what I'm trying to do. And, you know, choosing the program that you want to run. That's what thought work is. And mindfulness is about, you know, just running the computer in a, in a healthy way that, it, that it's supposed to run. And, you know, a lot of people think that mindfulness and meditation as a practice is about clearing your mind of thoughts or not having thoughts or having less thoughts. But that's actually not what it's about. It is about changing not your thoughts or, you know, how you're thinking, like thought work might be, but just how you relate to those thoughts. So that's that acceptance and judgment-free type experience with the thoughts that we talk about a lot. You know, and that's what meditation, a lot of people picture it as this clearing of your mind. But really, the practice is not about clearing your mind. It's about learning to allow the thoughts to rise up in your mind naturally as they do, but not judging it. You know, oh, my gosh, what am I thinking? That's horrible. Why do I think that no judgment, no thoughts about the thought and also not engaging with it, like not running away and getting lost in the thought, but just saying, oh, my brain just put some words together. There's a thought. Okay. And then you return to the breath. You just see the thoughts and you keep, or whatever your, your focus object is. A lot of times it's, you're focusing on your breathing. And then the practice is also expanded by when your mind does run away with thoughts, which it will do when you're meditating, that, that happens. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if it happens a few times or a lot of times. That's the practice. And we've talked about that you know, doing that during the day, but that's the practice in meditation is getting used to that awareness of being like, oh, okay, I've, I've been thinking, I've been engaging with my thoughts. Let me return to the breathing and let the thoughts, just let them go and just return to the breathing. And that's why, you know, like something like chopping and pulling weeds in the yard, like I've been doing, can also be a form of meditation, you know, because you can just choose to just be with your thoughts and let them come and go, or you can choose to come back to the, the moment, the dirt, the soil, what you're doing, how you're shaping this plant, you know, whatever is going on in the present moment. Or you can also choose to observe different thoughts without judgment. So you can do all kinds of different aspects of that practice while you're gardening or chopping weeds or <laughs> whatever activity that works for you where you can also do that. So that's the practice there. It's, it's practicing awareness of when you've checked out of the present moment of what's actually happening or what you're focusing on, and you've just gone into your thoughts. And you're not present and you're not engaged with life. You're engaged with your stories in your mind. And having that awareness and the ability to say, oh, okay, let me come back to what I'm doing. And just allowing those thoughts to pass. And then again, also practicing just observing them. You know, we are not our thoughts. We engage with our thoughts a lot. I talk a lot about and post a lot about on Instagram, you know, your thoughts are not truths. <laughs> we have a thought and it's just, it's there for a reason because it's true. But it's just your brain trying to make, trying its best to make sense of things. And it's it's not you. It's just sentences in your brain that your brain has put together. It doesn't mean anything about you. 
you're the one who observes the thought. And as you practice that, and you're not just immediately like, oh, these are my thoughts and I believe them, they're true. And you can practice, you know, choosing which thoughts you want to keep, you know, and not just believing what your brain is giving you. And, you know, it is giving you its best interpretation based on your experiences and the things that you've witnessed. But we, we all know, as we've talked about, we have our own filters, we have our, our confirmation bias, our negativity bias, and we have our own particular unique way of interpreting the world and being open to the fact that we're not always right and that all those thoughts are not true is actually a positive thing because it keeps us from getting frustrated and anxious and sad when other people don't share those interpretations, when life is not quite fitting those interpretations, or when those interpretations are just causing us pain. And we now know that, you know, hey, I have the ability to choose and these thoughts aren't quite working out for me because they're causing me a lot of pain. So, you know, getting to that point, it's important to have that mindfulness training and the awareness training and practice. We talk a lot about that when I talk about doing thought work is, you know, accepting how you feel and processing those emotions and being with them first, which we'll talk about that aspect of mindfulness as well, before you, you know, decide or make any thought about, oh, hey, there's a negative thought here that's not serving me. Let me change it. You know, first you have to process it. And it, it's kind of like how I was working in the yard, you know, there's these certain type of weeds and these dwarf palms. And I tried. You, you're supposed to be able to dig them up, but you can't get to the bottom of those suckers. It would take you forever. And we have hundreds of them. So your only option then is to, if you can't dig them up, is to buy a poison that may or may not kill them and may or may not kill the other plants around them. Um, or you just cut the top off. But if you just cut the top off, the root's still there. It's going to grow back. You're going to have to keep doing that. So that's why I, you know, I stress taking the time to practice awareness, practice mindfulness, and practice sitting mindfully and being present with whatever emotion you're feeling, whether it, it's good or bad. And, and by bad, bad, I just not judging the feeling, just saying if it's painful or difficult, still being able to sit with it and process it before you try to make any changes because you don't want to have to keep chopping it off, right? You don't want it to grow and keep growing and still have roots when you're trying to do your thought work because that's just going to make it persist. And you're going to be like, why are these new thoughts not taking? Why are they not working? And it's because you still haven't actually processed how you feel, which is just another form of resistance or rejection. You're like, oh, nope, don't feel that. What's my new thought? What's my new feeling? So practicing the mindfulness and the presence is, is very important. That also brings me to a good tool, and it's a tool that I've been practicing. You know, I, I've talked about before when you're processing your emotions, for example, to sit within your body and to describe it to the alien because I really like explaining it that way. Um, but I've been practicing it a different way lately, which I learned from my reading from Dr. Judson Brewer. And it's really simple. And it's one of those things that you read it and you're like, oh, that sounds simple. It probably works. And then you don't really understand 
it doesn't really hit you that this is so simple and it works until you practice it. And it is something that you have to practice more than once. You don't practice it once and then it's done. Um, it can be a practice that happens not just any time you feel emotion, because obviously that's why it would be repeated, but even with even within the same period of time over the same emotion. What am I talking about? I circum circumlocution there. The practice is, and I've been using it with anxiety, so we'll talk about it with anxiety, and that's kind of my specialty as a coach. Sometimes I I have been struggling actually lately for a while now personally with having anxiety in the mornings. I used to always be someone who was just always late. But for years now, I have been not only early, but 45 minutes early kind of person. And we've had a lot of shifts and changes at work. And the schedules have all been changed. So what has worked for me is to take some personal time in the morning because I tend to be just more exhausted after work and not is able to to do things and I kind of want to just rest. So I've been taking more personal time in the morning. And even though that practice has been accepted and there's no problems and I can come into work, you know, 15 minutes late, it's not a problem. You know, I I I get that done other places in my schedule, so I'm still there the same amount of time and it's fine. I've been having anxiety, physical anxiety in the mornings and I haven't been doing any work on it for a long time. <laughs> I was, you know, I was like, okay, I know the thoughts here. It's, I don't think I should be late, but I know it's okay now to be late. And I, I'm just not, right? I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to put in the work for this. But I read about this new thing, that a, a new way of processing the emotion in my book, the Judson Burr book, Unwinding Anxiety. And, you know, he was talking about sitting with it. but then asking yourself, what is the prominent feeling? What is the the strongest physical sensation that I'm having right now? And, you know, that could be like a tightness in your chest, pressure in your chest, maybe your tightness in your muscles or whatever it could be. For me, it's like a, a pressure, like a weight on my chest. So first you identify the feeling. And then the next question is, do you feel it more on the left side or the right side? And I just, when I read that, I was just like, that's weird. But so I've been trying that. And at first I was like, nope, it's always just even or right in the middle. Or, you know, he said, you, you can also say, is it more in the front of my body or the back of my body? But sitting there and feeling this pressure in my chest and really f- focusing on it, right? Leaning into it instead of avoiding it or running from it, you know, or even jumping to my my thoughts and trying to change them, sitting with it and then asking myself which side I feel it on more. It's it's really amazing how much you feel it draining out, how you feel the intensity slowly decreasing. And I've even noticed sometimes I feel it, I do feel it when I'm paying attention, more on one side of my body than the other. And so that's pretty neat. So that's really good practice for sitting with that emotion. You know, first finding what that physical feeling is for you and then like really leaning in and getting curious with it and sitting with it by asking yourself something like, you know, do I feel it more on the left or the right? And sitting with it and feeling it, trying to figure that out 
you know, allows you to be present and focus on it, but it also allows it to lessen. And you've given it your your attention, which is what it wants, right? It, my anxiety is telling me something is wrong, something is off, which in, in my brain's thought, way of thinking, it's my schedule. And if I don't give it attention, it's just going to keep blaring the alarm. And, you know, some mornings I have to do that two or three times. But it's amazing to, to feel it draining out and to see the progress and how it's not as intense to start with. Now, there are some other great tools that he has that build off of that. But as I said before, you know, I think building these strong foundations with the mindfulness, you know, being present with the emotions, not running from them, accepting, not resisting. It's a really important step to get down before you move on, because that's where the strength lies and comes in is, is being able to experience any emotion and not being afraid of an emotion, not avoiding things, people, places, dreams, goals, anything, because I might feel pain, I might feel anxiety, I might feel fear. Being able to sit with it first is a, a really important part of building that strength, as well as, you know, the other tools and things to to move through it, being built upon having processed it first, having you know, gotten down to the roots. And by the roots, I don't mean necessarily understanding. You don't have to ask why or understand why all the time. Um, but getting to the root of actually giving the attention to the alarms and the systems in your body that it's trying to tell you things, even if it's not as important as it may think. And once you've given it that full attention, sat with it, built your strength, it's dissipated, it's lessened, then you can, you know, use the other tools. And while it may not be quite as pronounced with, you know, sadness or other emotions, we do know with anxiety, particularly, when you're in the middle of anxiety, it shuts off the, the pre, prefrontal cortex, the part that does the thinking and the planning. And that part's going to go offline anyways. So... It's not gonna it's not gonna be very helpful to you in the moment where you're having the anxiety. And then if you're even trying to boot it up and be like, oh, what are my thoughts? Oh, change my thought, change my thought. What what your brain is is hearing is that you're not listening and it needs to turn the alarm up. <laughs> it's like we need to we need to get that that prefrontal cortex shut down because you're not listening to this alarm. So we want to get really familiar with that part of the practice, the awareness and the acceptance and being able to sit with the emotions. So I hope that even though it's a little different than what we normally focus on, which is like, you know, seeing thought patterns and mindset issues in particular circumstances, but I hope it was helpful to you to understand a little bit more about that important step of mindfulness so that you can work on that and look for the tools and things that work for you and get that down pat before you start doing your thought work and trying to change any thoughts. And, you know, together, it's kind of the one-two anxiety punch. <laughs> and that's how I like to think of it. I'm like, yep, I know I got this. I can sit with it, process it. And then if there's some negative thought pattern or mindset there, I know I can work through that as well. 
I could face any emotion and, you know, work through any negative mindset. So that, my friends, is the foundation of confidence. (laughs) And that helps reduce anxiety overall. So then you find yourself needing to use the tools less and less. Anxiety will always be there, of course, that we're humans, but less less and less. And then even when it comes, you're like, hey, I know I got the one-two punch ready. So bring it. I've got this. If that sounds like something that you want to go deeper on and you want to get that one-on-one coaching, as always, you know, click the link in the show notes and I will be happy to have a little connection call with you and talk about my, my coaching and how we can get started on that. And as always, feel free to shoot me an email with any questions or comments about the episode. Five-star rating, lovely glowing review, whatever works for you, whatever's on your mind and heart right now. And put the tools into practice and, and let me know how it goes for you. I would love to hear how, you know, you managed and processed your anxiety and, and what it felt like to sit with it. Have a great day, my loves. I'm going to go spend some time with my puppy and she did not like the weed pulling, so she needs some some mommy one-on-one time. I'm going to go do that. Love you all and love yourselves.